0: Okay, so I'm speaking to Cindy Speaker, who's the co-director, uh, co-producer, and uh, executive producer um, on Well of Dreams, a wonderful documentary that's been entered into our film festival, Nice international film festival, and has picked up nominations. So, Cindy, uh, Cindy Speaker, welcome to um, to the uh, our quick into a chat that we're going to have. Um, really appreciate you. Really appreciate you giving me your time. Um, My pleasure um thank you now I, I know you touched upon this briefly a moment ago but yeah I, you've actually got your own production company i think speaker films and is this, this is your first production i think isn't it
1: it is yes it really is and it was driven by uh the story and the uh the person that we did the film on miss ann Kilo. yes um so we we really fell in love with her and her story which was the impetus for creating this and producing this film
0: and, and and so, just to clarify, with um, with Anne, um, who, the the way I see it, she... It, forgive me for saying this. I, I, this is how my point of view is. Empowerment is, is kind of the word I'm thinking of when I watch this film. Yes. Um, and was it, was it purely a case of you came across Anne, and I'd love to know how you came across her, and because of your experience meeting her and the story she had to tell, you decided to create your production company on the back of that. Is, is that kind of how it worked?
1: It, it really is. I, I'll tell you how it happened is a, a friend of mine, his name's Warren Calloway, who was in the film, um, he was actually... He had been mentoring her. shes She was actually working on a master's degree in the hometown that I live in. Yeah. And he said, you know, he came to our Bible study group and he said, you know, we're, we want to raise some money. We want to try and, and have a well put in, in her village back in Kenya. She's here in America working on a film degree. He gets to know her and her family. She, lit, she comes from a village where they have no water. Yes. Huge, huge issues. So our church group got involved in trying to raise money for the well I said listen we have a studio here and you know part of my business why don't you bring her into the studio we'll do some video and we'll get it and push it out through social media see if we can raise money the day Steve the day I brought her into the studio I had never met her and when she told her story on camera honestly I was just blown away by it I I know that those stories that there are a lot of stories of people similar to Anne but mm. I hadn't met anyone like that before and when I heard about the type of abuse she'd suffered the difficulties in walking 8 miles a day to get water for her family um, all the difficulties in trying to stay in school when all the odds were against her I was just blown away and at some point down the road after the money was raised for the well I said to her Anne you know I just believe so much and what you're doing, I think that if we did a you know a documentary film, I think we could give more visibility to your story, to hopefully give you a higher profile that will in, in, empower you to do your work. And so that was really the journey that we were on. I had a small company, um, and we uh, I had some young filmmakers, and we basically kind of gathered around Anne yeah. and and went to Africa to shoot the film
0: and and I mean, how did that I mean, you explained it beautifully, but i I guess the truth is that you must have jumped through a hell of a lot of hurdles to get this film made, not the least not least of which of course, you've got to raise the finance to get over there to make the film to put the production team together um so it must have been a really tough experience. I mean how did you do all that? How did you generate the 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 amount of money you needed to um to actually make the film and and how did it all come together, and how long did it take? Well,
1: yeah. Yeah, honestly, it was interesting how it happened. The first obstacle was we fully expected to make the film primarily in the United States because she was a student here. But she went back when the the well, when they were having the commissioning of the well, Anne and several men from our church went to Kenya, to her small, small village, to commission the well, and when they tried to return... There were I don't know if it were her visa. It was, it was some kind of legality like that. She was denied reentry into the United States and it was like it was shocking to all of us. We, we were just like, are you kidding me that we couldn't believe it? And so um, actually there's a lot of social media out there because we really embarked on a social media campaign to try and appeal to the embassy to allow her re-entry to the United States. We didn't know, we found out later and it kind of comes to light in the film, we found out later that there were some extenuating circumstances that we were unaware of. So to make a long story short, she had to stay in, in Kenya and we were already so committed to this story that we began, and then we did begin to raise funds for the film. Um, we have some people that were very generous in in uh, committing, getting on board with that project and the funds were raised and uh, our crew went to Africa. And honestly, we're, we were all, um, Never expecting that we would go to Africa to shoot the film, my youngest one uh, on the team, Dan Franz, was only 15 years old. No, he's the one that did the sizzle reel, which actually, with some of his other productions, he's just unbelievably uh, talented. He ended up being a U.S. scholar, U.S. Presidential scholar in the arts. He did our sizzle reel because of his work. The film played in the Smithsonian um, for several weeks. Uh, back a few years ago. So it, it's kind of like Sonny and Sonny Eyes who I've talked about. He was our yeah. mentor and consulting producer. Uh, we couldn't have done the film without sonny he walked us through he mentored us through he believed in the film and he all, always called the film the little film that could and uh and so he really guided us through that process as you know sonny is a seasoned no lies on a seasoned producer has worked for many years as, as a filmmaker and uh he took us on this journey mentored us through the entire process
0: i, I love him he's such a cool dude um, and he's he great. He has this real um uh laid back way about him. I'm sure he's very driven, but he's just got he's just got a, a quiet um magnetic um sort of drive. He's just a really cool guy and I really do like him a lot. It's amazing you mentioned the Smithsonian because they had a filming competition in Berlin, I think it was. I'm trying desperately to think of the name of the film. Um, and after I finish the call, I'll go and look it up. But I had to deal with them. They were fantastic people. They came actually over. They actually came over to Germany, uh, the director and uh, the, some representatives from the Smithsonian. And yeah, it was a they're a lovely, lovely bunch of people. To, yeah, lovely people. Yeah. Lovely people to speak to to um, to um, work with. So when you got there, um, is it possible to explain? what you were expecting and what you actually came across. Was it completely unexpected or or how you imagined it went to actually when you got there filming?
1: Yeah. Well, Steve, the first thing I did in the airport in Kenya was almost just – Ruined our whole chance because, again, being a novice, I told the boys, uh, the young filmmakers that you know that were our crew. I said, guys, get the. We were. We had. Uh, we're going to reunite with Anne. I said, I want you to capture this as the team reunites with Anne. I want you to capture it on film. We're in the airport. They fire up the cameras and the lights, and people in the airport gather around us and quickly begin a pursuit to try to take our equipment and honestly what you mean
0: steal the equipment you mean steal the equipment
1: they, they basically said you can't have it here you're going to have to leave it with us and you can pick it up tomorrow oh, yeah. and and Anne, Anne herself worked through that and she said cindy if they would have taken the equipment you would have never seen it again it no. would have stopped
0: everything yeah that's
1: right but um when we went and and who is a really a community organizer, community mobilizer. She had mobilized her community and really surrounding communities. We did a number of things while we were there and Anne really orchestrated it because we went from village, we went to several villages. Um, we had sessions, we had, we had raised money for um, sanitary napkins for the girls. Hearing that story from Anne, mm. were young girls forced to miss a week of school? Every month, because they don't have basic requirements that we have here incredible. in America, so we raised money for that. And when you when Anne distributed those in the various villages, it was like Christmas morning. It was phenomenal. You oh. see that all in the film. Yeah. We also did some distributions of soccer balls and things like that. But Anne took us. She really orchestrated the uh, the shoot because she kind of. Um, in conjunction with with, uh, with our team, with myself and, and our team. Um, we kind of knew what we wanted to shoot. We wanted to capture the difference that the well made. But what happened is, we found a whole backstory that uh, that we didn't know existed. And that's all played out in the film. And that was, almost a bigger story in the end, and really goes back to what you said in the beginning, Steve, the empowerment, the value of education and empowerment, and the way that women are so suppressed there. And what we found is, is we met people in the various villages, all the men spoke English, almost none of the women did because they don't have the opportunity (laughs) to be educated. So they become almost like a piece of property. And I think Anne became a hero in that whole area. They called her the queen because she had fought through and not only been the first girl in her village to graduate from high school, but she went on to, to work with someone to write a grant, get to America, get not only a bachelor's degree, but a master's degree, yeah, and course. then have a driving passion to go back to her people, make a difference, and motivate and inspire young women to get their education so that they are not left to be nothing more than a piece of property to men.
0: And when you started this um, this journey, not just with making this film, but 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 this is I get it's the driving force behind uh, speaker films. Did you ever? Envisage um, the emotional connection with, this. and what I mean by that is, um, I know you're tr- you filmmakers by the very nature try and stay um, dis- disjointed from it, just try and stay unaffected because you don't want it affecting you. I understand it, but how do you stop? How, how can you not be affected by this?
1: Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. I remember going to a um, to, to see a documentary and there was a whole discussion with the directors and after the film and they talked about um, how important it is to try to stay neutral when you're making a film. Yeah, and there was a great conversation that ensued. And, and what the, the what came out of that in my mind was we all bring. Things to the table that really pretty much prevent us from being completely completely neutral in in as filmmakers and and I think it's very difficult. I believe that I succumb to um, to kind of getting a love of Anne, a love of that story, um, and and you bring you you develop certain biases along the way as a filmmaker. I don't see how you can avoid that. I I, I really don't. So I think that that. Uh, to me, that goes with the, with the territory. We fell in love with our subject, and we were so passionate about telling her story and empowering her. I don't know if that is biased, but I, I guess it is. Do
0: you know what, Cindy? I think that's just good human nature. Um, and you yeah. know, and I, this is something something you just touched on there, um, because as you're saying it, I'm kind of thinking we're saying there's there's subjects where it'd be very difficult to not be affected by and I, and this is one of those things and you know and and I, a decent human being would be have some kind of um connection to that and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean look i th- i personally think that humans in general are, are um morally good people morally good is, i suppose what i'm saying and you know i know we see these terrible things happening all the time you know all over the world but i in, in general i'd like to believe that, that people are in general have have, are, have decent values and because if if they don't then you know it's a bit of a tragic world that we're, that we're living in and i don't believe that in on the whole that we do um we are bad people so what you know what there's nothing wrong with being Connected or affected by these stories, I don't think. I'm sort of waffling on a bit, but you know, you can see what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah,
1: I I agree with you, Steve. And you know, I really do. You know,
0: it's, and what what's what's what was the hardest part about making this? That it could be something you saw, something you weren't expecting, and what was the best part about making it?
1: the The hardest part, the hardest part about making it. Was when the story took a turn, a very unexpected turn, and it put our hair, our heroine, in a very. Um, it, it was. It was really difficult. Should I? I don't know if I should reveal that uh, that whole journey or not. Is that take away from the film? I don't. I don't really know. No. I, should
0: I reveal? Yeah. Go on. Well, that yeah. Turns? Yeah. Say so because it is. It is on a personal level, and I think. Yeah, reveal it. We don't have to reveal all, but just you can just give give us the bare bones. But and then of course you can counter that with what was the most positive thing about it.
1: Here's what here's what happened is when we when we got over there and some really, um, almost uh, almost dangerous things began began to happen. What we learned through a series of events is that Anne had a daughter. Right. And Anne Anne had left her daughter. And. And we knew nothing about that, so all of a sudden we were in a predicament. We we believed wholeheartedly in Anne, but our concern was, is the audience going to stay on board with this woman who is our heroine when they find out she left her daughter? But mm-hmm. as we un- as we learned more about that story. Anne taught us, and we really came to understand this, is that she had to help herself first in order to help her child, and because they were they were unsafe, they were in a terrible abusive environment, and so she got her daughter into a safe environment, came to America to get her education, and and triumphed, and so when she went back and they did not let her return to the united states i think there was more going on there mm-hmm. than we realized because i think in ann's mind although she was not able to verbalize it to us she was ready to go back and take on and take care of her daughter so there was a lot of backstory that that developed it took us on kind of an emotional roller coaster but for me it taught me things about life that I had never had the privilege of seeing before. I had never seen people that had such a difficult life. We have it, you know, so many times in America, not everybody has a fairly, you know, easy. it's not an easy life here, but compared to what Anne was dealing with, I'd never seen things like that. And so to try on through that, you know, come full circle with that story, and gets to the end of the film and feel like, wow, I think we've really made something here that communicates a message of inspiration to some of these young girls that we long to help, that we long to inspire, that we long to impact through Aunt, through the telling of Anne's story. So I think that was the highlight because we felt like we really told her story in an effective way.
0: And, I mean, do you... <coughs> thank you for that. Do you, do you worry... Um, the direction, uh, I'm I'm trying not to get political about this because it's not just what's happening in the US, it's what's happening across the the Western world, but do you worry the direction that socially that we are embarking upon? It's because things have changed in the last five or ten years or the last five five months perhaps I should say, but are you concerned by it?
1: I'm very concerned by it. And the whole issue of social justice is something very important uh, to me. And and honestly, it's it's very concerning. I, I think that we need, you know, one of the things I'm very happy about and very proud of is that the young men that were involved in the making of the film very talented young men, Dan Franz, Chris Mercury, they are both now working in the profession. They are young filmmakers and they were so impacted that they are telling stories of social justice and they are moving along. And I think that we really need more of this because honestly, it frightens me the kinds of things that we see today. It frightens me the injustice. Um, it, it's it's very frightening. And I think film films are one of the best ways to help educate people because when you hear a story, when when the when the information comes to you in the form of a story, it has so much more impact yes. than if it's people lecturing to you or making laws. When you hear the stories, you can't help but be impacted.
0: Yes, oh, so I totally agree with everything you say. And it's, it is – it is. I mean, I, I'm living in a part of the world, much like you, that we – I'm not saying it's cosseted, but I, I know – uh, as, mu- as as well as you do that the the I mean I don't know the first thing about your life but I, I I do know that your life is a lot and my life is a lot better we, we have we happen to be in the the top one per- percentile of of wealth in uh, worldwide wealth so I I know that we bitch and moan about certain things but I also know that actually compared to not just her story but you know ninety five ninety well ninety five percent of the world perhaps are living in a, in a terrible, you know, tough environment. And you're right, I think filmmaking, documentary making, is is a curtain uh, the, or, or a story where the curtain is drawn apart and you can see, hopefully see, what's really going on.
1: Yes, yes, I agree.
0: And, you know, there needs to be... And, and I'm in a fortunate position to see a lot of films, um, you know, that do highlight the, these kind of... Um, terrible stories that are going on I, with, with this. Um, was there a lot of footage that you took out that could have been in the film? Is there a, a heck of a lot more that was in there that obviously you would have cut out for running time reasons or to make it fit into a certain length that you wanted to yes. be broadcastable, but w- was there a lot that you really wish you could have kept in? It,
1: there, there was, there, there was other footage that obviously we would love to have kept in, but I think that, um, that it was important to cut it out, cut it out because, you know, as, as, as it happens, as you go down that journey, some things become very special to you, but the bigger decision, and Sonny was a part of helping us with that, you know, I think it's better for the film in the end to cut some of that out, but I'm pleased with, with the end product and what we did choose to keep and what we did choose to let go of.
0: And how, how long were you away um, in total to, to make this film, Cindy, from start to finish?
1: We were only in Kenya for two weeks.
0: Oh really? It was that quick.
1: Yeah. We were only in Kenya for two weeks. Now I did send a crew back later on because when we went when we went to Kenya we still we didn't know about Anne's daughter. Right. And we tried to get to her the last day and with, it was actually a traffic issue, believe it or not. Yeah, I can believe um, it, yeah. We were unable to get to her, so I did send a crew, and we did interview, I didn't go actually, but we sent a crew, Anne was there, so there was a follow-up shoot for a couple of days where we did interview the daughter, who was a lovely, lovely young woman, and actually, her name is Valerie, I think she's going to be a world changer. She's a phenomenal young lady.
0: Well, so she's picked up the drive and ambition from her mother, and has she expanded has. on that. Do you think?
1: She really has, and you know, I talked and I talked, I talked to her a week or so ago, and I talked to her maybe once every month. And she always tells me how well Valerie is doing. But Anne, life is very hard there, and there's times when Anne, you know, she struggles. She, it's difficult. She carries so much weight, and she, and she invariably will tell me. Valerie is amazing Valerie encourages me and I think it's incredible that you know the girl's a teenager and and she's almost become you know the driving force now
0: and um, I, I I sense there could be a sequel here it must be something I guess you've thought about
1: we have thought about it <coughs> we, we really have thought about it um, It's a a big undertaking and um, I think that that I probably would not take it on. I would assist, maybe executive produce, but I don't think I would try to um, take it on the way that I did the first film. I'm getting old, Steve.
0: (laughs) Cindy, I'm 50, I don't mind saying, which I don't know if that's old. It's only a number. That's right. (laughs) It's only a number. You know, and um, I think, again, it's my personal feeling, I think if if you want to do something is who wants to live a life looking back saying if only i'd done that i don't right you know because life is I'm short pretty. you know life is short i i think so do do you have a vision for speaker films i mean is there a game plan is is there some is there something you're putting in place is the direction that you want to take your future projects
1: social injustices and I work um, I do a lot of work with attorneys and one of the things that we're talking about right now is is kind of injustice what I perceive as leaning towards injustice in in the United States and that is the move towards the erosion of the seventh amendment and the right to a jury trial and people and what i see is i, I you know what right now i have a uh, kind of a passion to help educate my own countrymen here in america that to understand that there are corporate entities and there are government entities that are trying to erode our rights and that's something that right now, kind of, I, I am uh, working towards a film in that area.
0: Oh right. So is that your the next project that you're working on now? I mean, if you can't say anything about it, don't worry. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but that that's the project you're looking at at the moment.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Okay. And when when do you that's see when do you think that will be completed?
1: Uh, oh, I think it'll be a year.
0: Well, from now. A year from now, yeah. Cindy, I've just realised, apologies for this, I really got straight into talking about what you, where you are now in terms of your production company. But what I failed to ask you, which is very remiss of me, and I normally do, is because I was so excited to talk to you about this film, is where did you come from before this?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, although I had, I always had a love of film and my mass, I have a graduate degree in TV and film, but I came out of grad school, wanted to get a job as a producer, was unable to get anything other than a entry-level position because of my lack of experience. So I set myself on just getting a good job and I ended up with a very good job in the legal industry, right. so that took me into the legal industry. And what's been great is that it's you know we I, I work with personal injury attorneys. They're a passionate group of people that are very very they get very uh, upset about injustices, and it's a great fit for what I do. Not mm. only as a, a marketing consultant to lawyers. But as a filmmaker, so there's, a, there's actually a nice overlap because I have lawyers that are very committed to that. I actually did a Facebook live broadcast yesterday with one of my attorneys and we were talking about the project. And he, can, he said that he is a constitutional nerd and he would love to get involved in this project regarding the Seventh Amendment.
0: And this is a, um, a bit of a cheeky question, this, but I thought I'd just throw this in. If I suddenly, if I suddenly said to you, "Here's twenty million dollars," um, it's a figure I've just plucked from the air. You can go and make one or two films that you would, you dream of making. You, here's the money to do it—a huge amount of money. What would you do with the money? What would you make?
1: Wow, that's a really tough question, Steve. Sorry, that's a real. Tough- That's a really tough question because I think if money was not an obstacle, then I don't think it would be about the Seventh Amendment. I think I would go back to the kind of film that we made with Well of Dreams that dealt with women's issues and more direct social injustices.
0: And I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you've got to – you want to make the films – that you truly want to make, of course, like Well of Dreams, but it's it's always, I I know filmmakers have got to get their money back, I get that, of course, and it's extremely important, you've got to cover the cost, but I suppose the problem is, and I know this, I'm talking to lots of filmmakers, you're spinning plates, you know, you're you're trying to get the money in whilst making the film, but I can also hear the passion uh in the way you explain things in your voice which is is a lovely thing to hear so i know it's des. I don't say desperately important that's not the right word perhaps i'm, I'm looking for but you are um it, it's so important for you to get these films out there oh do, do you wish it do you wish you had done this 10 or 15 or 20 years ago or do you think it it just happened that the time was right when you started to actually become serious about doing your own thing
1: um, no, I definitely wish I had done it earlier because I think it would have allowed me to tell more stories. Oh, I, I, I do wish, you know, here's what, when I look back, you know, honestly, Steve, making well of dreams was the greatest thrill of my life. And, you know, it's interesting, my mother, and I told you that my mother is, yeah. is ill. And it's one of the reasons I can't come to Nice, although I would love to, oh, yeah. but you know, she, she, when I went there and she referred to me as a, a humanitarian, Oh It it meant so much to me because, you know, I like that description. I want to be humanitarian. I want to make a difference in people's lives in whatever way I can. And I think film is a vehicle for doing that.
0: Do you know what? That is a perfect way to end this interview.